0: I'm going to be ranting about some Tim Poole, but I'm going to be ranting about Tim Pool. Don't you worry. You bet your sweet bippy. I got to do that. Warning first. Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Look here, Tim Pool. I was watching your video about the Grammys. All right, and I don't really appreciate it. Look. Look, you can pretend you're a milk toast fence that are all you want, but you are straight liberal blue through and through. Don't get me, don't get it twisted, my friend. Don't get it twisted. All right, you want to talk about how the Grammys were such shit? You know that's and how how American culture has gone straight down the pipes. You go ahead, you go ahead. But the fact of the matter is, the reason why our culture is going straight down the pipes is because of all this algorithm bullshit that's going on on social media. You know, YouTube caught wise to the fact that they were an idiot for sharing their profits for people like you, those big channels that made it before the Vox apocalypse and before, all right, the PewDiePies, the Steven Crowders, those people who already gained a following before the algorithm started. You know, it's easy for you to sit up there on your high horse and wonder why culture's going down the tubes, and that's because of all these algorithms censoring shows like mine or other people's shows just because of the nature of their content, all right? You want to sit there and say you don't care about people canceling Dr. Seuss? Well, you should care about c- people canceling Dr. Seuss. Because that kind of censorship is what causes American culture to go straight down the tubes. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. Wow, can you believe that it's been a year since this lockdown BS started? All right, fair warning, I have a little bit of a tickle in my throat, so uh, I don't know how long the show will last today. I feel pretty ranty, so it might be long. Uh, No, I don't have the plague because A, it has been way overhyped for way too long. And B, it's not a flu. It's just a sore throat, and it's not uncommon for someone who is a heavy smoker to have. So welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, the Madman, and I want to remind you that I have a Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash ShockMonkeyRadio. Become a patron. I would appreciate it. Help keep my ass in business because you know YouTube's not going to share its money with me anyway. Also, I have a cash app. It goes to cash go to use the cash tag ShockMonkeyRadio. Uh, I would appreciate it. You know, send me a line. Send, you know, send me a note with it too. Say, hey, say say this on the show. Say it in your voice. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. So anyway, we're gonna pick up where we went, uh, where, we, where we were last week. Because I remember I was talking about great movie rants, and so, uh, <laughs> and I really do like these things that uh, that are on screen. And so sometimes I'll see a movie, and I was just like, "Damn, that's a damn good rant." And you know what? This past week, I went and I looked over some old movies, and I ended up finding a treasure trove of Tom Hanks rants. <laughs> okay, so today is the greatest movie rants Tom Hanks edition. All right, and believe it or not, Tom Hanks can deliver a rant all right, I think you have to be a kind of half a comedian all right um so this first one I, it's gonna be pretty easy for you to guess what uh what movie they're from because pretty much everyone's seen every Tom Hanks movie except maybe the terminal and so um uh i i it's gonna be pretty easy, but it, they're just fun rants, and so uh, let's go off of this first one see if you can guess it. it's gonna be pretty easy. Remember what you're saying about people in the Burbs art. People like Skip, people who mow their lawn for the 800th time and then snap. Well, that's us. It's not them. That's us. We're the ones vaulting over the fences, peeking into windows. We're the ones who are throwing garbage in the street and lighting fires. We're the ones acting suspicious and paranoid, Art. We're the lunatics. Us. It's not them. It's us. And I think that's a very, very time. Uh, A rant that uh, stands the test of time because, you know, anyone who's been in any of these riots over the past year, you know, that can apply to you. You want to talk about who the lunatics are? It's the people who are like vaulting over fences, peeping in through people's windows, seeing who they're voting for. They're the people who are sliding fires, throwing garbage in the street. Those are the lunatics. Okay? Good rant. Tom Hanks from the Burbs, if you didn't know. (laughs) Alright, here comes another easy one. Are you crying? Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying? There's no crying in baseball. Oh, you zip it, Doris. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No. No. And you know why? Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. No crying. And then the umpire comes up and says, "Look, what's going on here, Jimmy? And Jimmy points to her and he goes, ah, she's crying, sir, as if the umpire was going to go, oh, well, apparently uh, just uh, Article 23 of the rules say, uh, st- clearly stipulate about him You need to get it together. i got to throw you out the game. No, what he says to Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Dugan is something reasonable, what most people would do who aren't baseball managers. Uh, And he he says, you know, why don't you treat every one of these ladies like your own mother or something to that effect? And then he turns around and walks away and says, you know, you look like a penis with that little hat on. (coughs) That's baseball, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. Jimmy Dugan's a baseball player. What do you expect? Avoid the clap. Jimmy Dugan. (laughs) All right. So I got one more good rant. And uh, it's like I said last week in the sense that, you know, uh, rants in real life. Uh, there's usually some exchange. There's usually some give and take in many ways. People don't let you rant for three paragraphs, you know. In in real life, there's always somebody who's got to chime in here and there. So I was hoping that Ek could help me out with this one segment here. And uh, it's how's my mic? Oh, very clear, I guess. Kind of Too hot? A little hot. How's that? <coughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. So you got the notes up? Uh, I do. Okay. So I'm gonna set it up for you. It's like basically Tom Hanks got fired slash uh, quit his, from his job, depending upon who you asked. And so, um, as he's walking out the door, his boss says, and I promise you, you will be easy to replace. And then he turns to himself and he says to himself, I should say something. And the rant begins. You look terrible, Mr. Waturi. You look like a bag of shit stuffed in a cheap suit. Not that anyone could look good under these zombie lights. I, 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 I could feel them sucking the juice out of my eyeballs. Suck. 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 <laughs> For 300 bucks a week. That's the news. For 300 bucks a week, I've lived in this sink. This used rubber. You watch it, mister. There's a woman here. Don't you think I know that, Frank? Don't you think I am aware that there is a woman here? I could smell her. Like, like a flower. I could taste her. Like sugar on my tongue. When I'm 20 feet away, I can hear the fabric of her dress when she moves in her chair. Not that I've done anything about it. I've gone all day, every day, not doing, not saying, not taking the chance for 300 bucks a week. And Frank, the coffee stinks. It's like arsenic. These lights give me a headache. If the lights don't give you a headache, you must be a dead. Let's arrange the funeral. You better get out of here right now. I'm telling you. You're telling me nothing. And why, I ask myself, why have I put up with you? I can't imagine, but now I know. Fear. Yellow freaking fear. I've been too chicken shit afraid to live my life, and so I sold it to you for 300 freaking dollars a week. You're lucky I don't kill you. You're lucky I don't rip your freaking throat out. But I'm not going to. And maybe you're not so lucky as that. Because I'm going to leave you here, Mr. Wahoo Waturi. And what could be worse than that? And I have to say, that's probably my favorite Favorite rant, because who hasn't been there? And Joe versus Volcano. After all, that's where the movie, that that's the movie that it's from. Was an excellent film. It's an excellent film about like uh, people living living the grind, you know. Then all of a sudden, you're faced with mo- your own mortality, and it's like, hey, you know, you want to, life. It turns to color in many ways, and so uh, and you start realizing it's like, yeah, it's like I've been there, and I've been in that soulless job that sucked the. Suck the juice out of my eyeballs. You know what I mean? I've had that job. And it was because of fear. It's because I was too chicken shit afraid to live my life being a podcaster and YouTuber. But now I got to face the, the the slings and arrows of internet censorship. All right. And Tim, Tim Poole, that guy. <laughs> I feel like, a, was that Happy Gilmore? He's like, Bob Barker. Just mad at him out of nowhere. Like a Tim Poole. Anyway, so speaking of baseball, uh, We're getting into that season here, and I just want to say a few things about baseball. Not enough kids these days play baseball. When I was a kid, it seemed that every boy played Little League, and it was great. I think at some point in the late 80s and early 90s, too many moms divorced their husbands, and so there was no one around the house to say, let the kid play baseball. Soccer is gay and boring. And I'm referring to the fathers, of course. Men understand this about baseball. At least they used to. Sure kids get injured playing baseball, but that's the point. It can be dangerous, especially if you have ADHD and are not focused enough on the game. You have to pay attention in baseball, even as a spectator. You could be drinking a beer in the, on the third baseline seats and all of a sudden catch a foul ball in your overpriced beer. They have signs all over ballparks that warn you of flying baseballs and sometimes bats. And if you don't know that that, that a base, about, if you don't know that about baseball, that such is a possibility, then maybe you shouldn't be there. When you are on the field, it is far more important to stay focused. You can't have some ADD kid skylarking with his thumb up his butt playing shortstop because a line drive to the chest or head could kill you. That this fact is what made single mothers pull their boys out of baseball. And now they wonder why their kid is all grown up and addicted to Adderall because they never learned how to focus without drugs. The simple fact of fielding a ground ball takes an important skills that young men need to learn. You need focus, determination, courage, and confidence in order to field a ground ball. You have to consciously get in the path of a hard hit baseball and get your glove down on the ground all for the purpose that if you don't get the ball in your glove, that you will stop the ball with your body. And it happens. The ball often takes a bad bad hop. It bounces off your wrist and then thigh. Sure, it may hurt, but you have to push through that pain and get the ball back into the game ASAP for the sake of your team. Could you imagine the kid that takes a bad hop on a ground ball and it bounces off his glove and into his chin and he starts crying in pain? There's no crying in baseball! And the first baseman has to run all the way out to right field just to get the ball back into play because Wimpy McBoohoo is crying like a little girl. You could could think that what I'm saying is sexist. Fine. But when you're trying to forge a man out of a little boy, you need to teach him the limits of their physical and emotional being. Because baseball is a metaphor for life. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes you think it'll be a textbook ground ball with no problem. And then one bad hop changes everything. It's no one's fault. And you have to adapt and do your best under the circumstances. I thought that I could be a pitcher. They, mo- they make throwing the ball over the plate look so easy on TV. But when I tried out to be a pitcher and I didn't get it, in fact, I was the worst, I could have quit baseball after that because I didn't get what I wanted. But that's not what a mature man does. I went back into right field and accepted my role on the team. Kids would even get upset over a single strikeout and perhaps quit. Perhaps no one, due to an absent father, explained to that kid that even the best baseball players in the world would strike out or fly out 60 to 70 percent of the time. Too many kids grow up these days thinking they're going to be a star no matter what they do. Perhaps it's too much mothering. But a man learns to accept his true ability and strengths and weaknesses. I batted for .000 for my entire last season of Little League, and I played the minimum of four innings per game as was required by the Parks and Recreation Department. And I loved every second of it. Because even on the bench, you can say something to a teammate like even the best players strike out or fly out 60 to 70% of the time. And his father never told him the truth, that truth, and he is reinvigorated to give it all one more shot again. On a side note, I cannot stand baseball players that throw tantrums. And if you have ever seen Moneyball, that's Billy Bean, Brad Pitt's character, and he is always breaking stuff and throwing a tantrum, and and I can't stand that level of immaturity. You could be hot shit at baseball in Little League and high school and perhaps even college, but then you get to to be a point where you're a 5 tool player, and then you get to go to the majors, and now you're on a level playing field. There are always new lessons to be learned by playing baseball. Life is dangerous, and you need to be focused and confident in your abilities to get through it, because sometimes, in life and in baseball, you take a bouncing grounder grounder to the dick and need to learn how to move on with your life afterwards. All right, let's shift gears, huh? Agua. Throat's getting real dry. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story about be it, living in the 90s. In the 90s, downloading porn took time. At first, you could spend a half an hour downloading a pic, depending on the quality and the pixels. You could even find batch downloading software so that you can queue up tons of image downloads for the last, to last for the 8 to 12 hours while you were at work. And you come home at the end of the day and sort the files to be down, that you downloaded. 5 to 7% would be unusable due to be corrupted by some sort of connection error. 20% had watermarks and or advertisements. 15% was surprise tranny porn. And the rest you sorted by your own preferences. I, myself, kept folders based upon hair color. Blonde, brunette, soulless. Video video took hours in comparison and to, uh, to still images. You could download two to three clips a day, depending on the length. And you could be mad about the watermarks and surprise tranny images. But when you spend a third of a day downloading a 54-second clip clip of a chick with a dick anal... When you are not into anal, much less dicks, you tend to develop some rage at the internet. Don't get me wrong. If you like chicks with dicks, by all means. This is America. But there there was very little warning about the exact content of which you were downloading in the 90s. After a week of downloading video clips, I ended up with one usable 15-second clip of a big-titty blonde bouncing reverse cowgirl. And that clip got me there for years. Not that I preferred blondes, mind you. My brunette folder was the largest with the soulless being a close second. I have it all backed up on tape, by the way. (laughs) Irregardless, I think the point I am trying to make is that wanking is bad. All that effort I made towards obtaining porn for the purpose of stroking it is wasted. After all, what still makes me really hot to this day is my imagination. And at the expense of losing some female followers, I'll say that many of my best fantasies are about women I know in real life. But I think that is more healthy than jerking it to tens on the internet, because the women that I know in real life are fours to eights, and it's better to hook up with a four that uh, that you know than pretend to hook up with a ten that you find on the internet. What I mean is, it is better to flirt with the four at the register than to think about the ten on your OnlyFans subscriptions that they would thinking that they would ever be into you. I'm pushing a 5.0 as it is. If I drop 50 pounds, I could be pushing a seven. If I got extensive oral surgery and became more gregarious overnight, I could probably go as far as an 8.9. But I know my place. So don't waste weeks downloading porn like I did. I do. I did. Chase the hotties within range. They seem to want that more than you do, pussy. I'm talking more to myself at this point. All right, I got a little bit of time. I want to tell the story about my first Enterprise Hall roommate. Now, when I first uh, got in the Navy, I was uh, stationed in barracks called Groshong Hall, named after uh, Alan Groshong, a uh, corpsman who fought and died in Vietnam. Um, and, we, uh, and that was when I was uh, E3 and below. Uh, but when I made E4, which is what they call NCOs, non-commissioned officer, uh, I got to move to this nicer barracks because uh, at Groshong Hall, has was like, like three in a bedroom, three in a, three in a r- barracks room and communal showers. Uh, but then I, I became NCO, moved up to the NCO barracks, the Enterprise Hall, and that included uh, two, uh, one roommate and a private bathroom, a little kitchenette. It was, you know, p- pretty nice, pretty nice. And so uh, my very first roommate, when I got in there, it was like two days I was in this room with this guy. And I'm coming in. My, uh, my, uh, my second class was with me. I just made E4, which made me a third-class petty officer. And so my second class was with me because uh, he lived in the barracks as well. And uh, he comes in. He doesn't know this guy either. And so we both walk in this room, and this dude's just laying on his bed. TV right into the end of his bed and he's laying on his stomach with a pillow under him and he's uh, sitting there watching porn. Straight up porn. And I didn't know this, but that's all the dude did. It's all he did. I set up my computer and everything. I, you know, I had my TV, you know, I got the cable hooked up and everything. Well, yeah, I was only there for two days, so I didn't get the cable, but I got my computer going. And so, you know, I was able to play video games and stuff and, you know. I would go outside, go get some beers, you know. I'd, I would do other things and sit in my barracks room with my, you know, face down on my bed watching porn. Inviting your roommate and everybody who comes in the room to watch porn with him. Okay, and uh, w- when my uh, my second class came in is uh, came into the room with me and he saw this guy. He's sitting there watching porn. It's just like dry, dry humping his bed all day long, while I'm setting everything up. He, uh, we had this conversation as we were leaving the barracks room. It was like, hey, you want me to talk to the guy about getting another roommate? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no offense to that guy, but I'm sorry. You know, watch porn on your own time. You know what I mean? Nobody wants, nobody wants to watch uh, porn unless you're like in a couple. Maybe, and even then, I wouldn't recommend it. And it's like, you should be getting off on each other. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> and so it's just a brief little aside. And I got one more thing I got to I got to talk about it because it's been on my mind because you know how it is in your brain. It's like there's always the argument Betty or Veronica, Betty or Veronica. And so uh, the question is, is like um, uh, when it comes to Betty or Veronica, I've always concluded it's like Veronica puts out and Betty doesn't. And that's why, you know, Archie always ends up uh, chasing Veronica the the most because I don't get why anyone likes Veronica. It's like Reggie's into Veronica. Everyone's into Veronica. And I think it's because she puts out. Now, here's the thing when it comes to Veronica, and there's something that always creeped me out. Um, It's the Kins suffix that she uses. When she's talking to somebody, if she says, like, oh, thank you for the money, Daddy Kins, right? And then Archie will give her, like, some gift, and then she goes, oh, Archie Kins, you're the sweetest. Reggie gets her something. She's like, oh, Reggie Kins, you're the sweetest. And that's kind of twisted and creepy, you know, because Veronica is apparently looking for a new daddy, and that's... Really weird. And so that's why the argument is I've always thought in my mind that Betty is always the better choice over Veronica because Betty is willing to hold off (laughs) on giving away the milk for free, if you know what I mean. And it's good. It's good to romance a woman. It's good to, like, you know, date her. You know, they want these things. They want romance. They may not say it. They may say they want to hook up. But they want to romance. They want a ring put on their finger. If they're they're real women. I don't know about what's her name. Eric Page. What's his name? Elliot page he got the, he she got the surgery, so mm. sorry, yeah, she got the surgery, and Milo Yiannopoulos is straight now, apparently, the world is dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria <coughs> see, I told you I had a little tickle in my throat, but I had to say that a little bit about Betty and Veronica because it's like <laughs> <Okay. laughs> she make a sequel to Juno. Where she screws him. Oh, God. That's awful. I I don't. Still a girl, if you ask me. And so, I mean, I had to mention that thing about Betty and Veronica. Because it's like, it's uh, it's like, uh, uh, it's like, Wilma, Judy, Josie and those hot pussy cats. Cartoons make me horny on Saturday morning. I want to be Betty's Bonnie. That's a quote. Can you can you pick that one out, EK? So I married an axe murderer. The classic Michael Myers flick. If you ever seen it. The poet. Woman. 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 <laughs> Beat poetry kind of stuff that happened like <laughs> before Seattle and like that area was ruined by a grunge. Uh, so <laughs> let's go ahead and get into the news worth knowing. All right, Arizona mayor outraged as feds plan to drop off, oh man, ads drop off illegal immigrants in his community. Okay. The mayor of Gila, uh, Gila Bend Arizona told Fox News on Monday he is very concerned about the escalating crisis at the Mexican border as news broke of a potentially large influx of illegal immigrants heading for his community. Mayor Chris Riggs, an independent, told Your World that his his town about halfway between Sonoytas, Sonora, Mexico, and Phoenix, is essentially being being made into a waypoint for illegal immigrants captured by federal authorities. He told host Charles Payne that Gilliband is already... <coughs> yeah, Gilliband. Is our... Gilliband, maybe. Already very economically depressed, and that it, ha- uh, it does not even have basic resources necessary for what he fears could be an expensive, unfunded mandate of sorts. Uh, quote, we barely... We can barely afford to take care of uh, the people that we have here in our community now. And as this, as of this second, the Border Patrol advises they're going to drop people off here and, and do sort of like, they're your problem. <laughs> said dead rigs. Oh, boy. Uh, the quote goes on. He says, we just do not have the ability to care for these people. Quite frankly, it's going to cost us tens of thousands of uh, dollars a year just to be able to provide them with a bottle of water and a sandwich when they get dropped off. <laughs> Riggs said that other than the uh, notification his town will be a drop-off location for captured illegal immigrants and asylum seekers, the feds are not providing any crucial information, such as coronavirus infection rates of the migrants, the number of migrants uh, Gillibend can expect to see, or any other basic data. He told Payne he is therefore very worried for the elderly population in his area. Quote, I have a lot of seniors and elders here uh, between Gillibend and uh, San Lucy Village that are susceptible to COVID. He said, referring to the community just north of his downtown that is populated by mostly members of the Tonahoe Odom tribe. Forgive me. Um, Quote, we have have not seen the coronavirus outbreak that other areas have seen in Arizona, yet we're going to get punished for their choices, he said. We are completely in the dark. We uh, We asked documentation, some kind of documentation. Give us something. We're still not getting anything. So, I mean, we're really frustrated with how we're being treated through a crisis that they started. Riggs later added <coughs> that his home uh, abuts, A-B-U-T-S, I mean, I think that comes means comes up against the expansive Sonoran uh, Desert National Monument. Uh, and that he has seen an uptick in foot traffic through the area that appears to include a sizable number of numbers of persons acting as drug mules. Quote, it needs to stop. The federal government has to step up and do their job. They're the ones who created this problem. They need to fix it, he said. Payne added that, as of late, border crossers have included people that are from outside typical Central American countries that accounted for that include uh, Cuban, Brazilian, Romanian, and Haitian nationals and have witnessed coming through the border illegally. Okay, the the news article's over, so I can rant upon it now. That's the point. You know, Biden gets elected, and everyone that wants to get in the country now is going to try. From all over the world. From all over the world. All right? Because they know these, these Democrats are causing this trouble, you know. And if this is the whole thing. Coming back to Tim Pool. Tim Pool, he, he's a classic liberal in the sense that, you know, he thinks about this top-down mentality of a federal government. All right? Federal government is a bad thing. Because the federal government says we're going to provide amnesty. We're going to let all these illegal immigrants in. But it's going to be the people in these states that are going to have to deal with the actual problem. It's not like the, if you're going to, like, give them amnesty or let them into the country no matter what, then you should put them in Washington in your homes, all right? Have them living at the White House for all I care. Because that's the point. It's like you can make these strange federal edicts, you know, from Washington all you want, but it's going to be the, southern, the southwestern states that are going to have to deal with the brunt of it. They're going to have to deal with the logistics of feeding and housing and taking care of those people, All right you could, <laughs> i don't know just simply you know be more reasonable about immigration like all the other nations in the world are all right that's why so many people are coming is because they know these democrats are freaking crazy and they're willing to do anything thinking that these people are going to end up being their own voters all right these people are willing to these all these catholic people are going to be sneaking across the border saying yeah yeah we'll totally vote for you just let us in <laughs> oh what a mess what a mess. Anyway, let's go on to the next story, because there's tons to be mad at. There's tons to be mad at. Uh, Biden still hasn't held a news conference, 55 days and counting. Anyway, f- after more than 50 days in office, President Biden has yet to hold a solo news conference. There's always got to be someone hold, you know hold the strings. <laughs> Separating him from over a dozen of his most recent predecessors. Uh, Though the president delivered his first primetime address last week to speak about the country's progress in defeating the coronavirus pandemic, the stretch of over seven uh, weeks is the longest period a new president has gone without meeting with the media in the last 100 years. The White House has said Biden will hold a news conference before April, but has uh, not yet set a specific date. Administration officials tried to justify his lengthy absence from the podium by saying he... He regularly has been taking questions from reporters in informal settings. I mean, somebody's emailing him and somebody else is answering them. That's what it means. All right. Former President Trump waited 27 days into his presidency to hold a press conference. Former President Obama waited just 20 days before holding one, and former President George W. Bush waited 33 days before taking questions from the press in a formal setting. Uh, the president uh, takes questions several times a week, White House Prec- Press Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters last week. Uh, she went on to say, which is, the, which is an opportunity for the people uh, covering the White House to ask him about whatever news is happening on any given day. She added that the president has been directing his energy and focus into getting Americans through the pandemic by getting shots in their arms and by passing uh, the American Rescue Plan. Uh, despite the unusual timing of his entry into the White House, Biden has frustrated the White House Correspondents Association. Uh, president Zeke Miller told Vanity Fair earlier this month that news conferences were critical to informing the American people and holding an administration accountable. Uh, the Washington Post editorial board also condemned the president. Washington Post said this. It's, pa- it's past time for Biden to hold a news conference. Donald Trump, whose administration was frequently criticized for its irregular communication with the media, uh, held his first news conference after just one week for the start of his presidency. So even, even the liberal papers are saying, hey, you know, what's up? because i i think that I think that even they are worried about Joe Biden like the conservatives are. they are concerned that you know he is not really there, somebody else is doing all the work behind the scenes he's well, who was that guy that was really sick and his wife i can't remember oh, I can't remember her name uh was it uh shoot anyway if it will come to me i I'd imagine uh but the point is I'm sure it's like his wife who's actually like doing all the work and Joe's just sleeping. All right. Uh I think that when uh, Trump came up with that call came up with that thing of calling him Sleepy Joe Biden, I think that was a good call because he's he's an old man. He's an old man. He's he's not holding it together. And the reason, everyone knows, the reason he hasn't held a press conference and they, like deal with direct questions from reporters is because the Democrats know that he is going to screw it up. He is going to screw it up. All right. Even when he has been like talked publicly since he's become president, even then he doesn't even you know doesn't remember the uh, the name of the secretary of defense. Doesn't know those things. I think you should if that's your job. But we're all pretending is that that Joe Biden Joe Biden's the president, but all the all the girls know it's really it's really the girls' club behind the scenes that's really running things. And that's why the, that's why Biden and, and, and his administration, which is the girls' club. They're all holding out for the teachers' unions, trying to give them what they want, and that's what all this this bill is all about all this this, this ridiculous spending these Democrats want to do <laughs> just uh, I need to take a pause just to feel angry feel angry about it all right let's go on to this next story. All right, this is another cuomo story and uh uh, any any story about a boner's funny if you ask me. So, uh Cuomo Cuomo accuser Karen Hinton says she, uh says he was aroused when he hugged her. <laughs> that means boner. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was physically aroused when he allegedly hugged a press aide more than 2 decades ago. The woman said on Monday, Karen Hinton, who first went public against Cuomo on March 6, detailed the alleged Incident following an interview on WNYC radio. Quote, he approached me, embraced me too tightly, too long, and was aroused, Hinton said. I felt extremely uncomfortable and actually shocked. Nothing had ever happened that way between the two of us. I, was, I thought she was about to say, nothing had ever happened to me like that before. I was like, really? Anyway. <laughs> uh, Hinton, who's married to a lobbyist and former Cuomo administration official, Howard Glaser, uh, has said Cuomo hugged her twice. Or twice hugged her inside Los Angeles hotel room in December 2000. At the time, Cuomo was then President Bill Clinton's housing secretary, and Hinton was uh, working as a consultant after uh, having been employed by the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development from 95 to 99. She said on Monday, "Oh, here's a picture of her. She's cute. For I mean, she's an older lady and cute." Uh, in the wake of Hinton's initial accusation, Cuomo respon- uh, responded with a vehement denial, insisting. What she said is not true. Uh, Cuomo also pointed to the fact that it, she was formerly the press secretary for Mayor Bill de Blasio, a political rival. Okay. <laughs> Quote, as everybody who has, ever, who has been involved on any level in New York politics knows, she has been a longtime political adversary of mine, highly critical for many, many years, and has made many, many accusations, Cuomo said during a conference call with reporters on March 7th. Hinton then fired back with a statement saying, truth is, no, truth is a long-time adversity that Cuomo fears the most. <laughs> adversary. Truth is a long-time adversary that Cuomo fears the most. <laughs> oh, She's smart, too. Hinton is among seven women whose allegations of groping, sexual harassment, and other inappropriate behavior are under investigation by outside lawyers hired by Attorney General Letitia James. Or is it Letitia? Excuse me. I don't know. Uh Yeah, dudes get boners. Uh, but here's the thing. Two, two decades ago, why didn't you say something then? Why, why do these accusers, they hold on to this information until that person gets in power, and then they, then they use it to, like, leverage something out of it? It's like, uh, I don't know, like, you ever see, like, training day where uh it's like cashing an account, you know? It's like you let this one dealer keep dealing for a while and let him stockpile money and stuff like that, and then one day you rob him, you know? I don't know if you've seen Training Day and what that movie was about but that's what they were doing which is which is wrong but <laughs> and illegal and so that's what what I mean here is that for 20 years she after this experience she's now coming out just cuz everyone's piling on to him because of this issue and not the thousands of dead seniors in New York that he killed Okay. They'd rather get rid of him than that because that doesn't necessarily include jail time. He's rich enough to avoid jail time on issues like this. But when it comes to 15,000 dead seniors and all that rich boomer money to sue him, he's definitely going to go to jail. Okay. And I think he should go to jail. He he killed a bunch of people in New York. Thank God my family knew enough to get away from that corrupt city generations ago. (coughs) Okay. Uh, Democrats renew. D.C. statehood push that would remake national politics. Oh, boy. Okay, so House Democrats, drunk with power, are moving forward with their plan, I added that, <laughs> to add the District of Columbia as the 51st State of the Union, and this time they have supportive, uh, supportive leaders in the Senate and the White House on their side. Uh, D.C. Delegate Ele- Eleanor Holmes Holmes Norton, who has been the leading statehood charge in Congress, um, predicted earlier this year that there has never been, never been a time when statehood for the district was more likely. That's a nice way to phrase it. We can force it through now. The first step will take place on Monday, with the House Committee on Oversight and Reform will hold a hearing on F- Norton's 51st state le- uh, legislation, aptly titled H.R. 51, the Washington, D.C. Admission Act. Uh, DC mayor Muriel Bowser who has pushed to have the statehood bill on president Biden's desk within the first 100 days of his office will be among the witnesses testifying among the witnesses testifying Biden is supportive of DC becoming the 50, 51st state Bowser has framed statehood as a civil rights issue where taxpaying US citizens have been disenfranchised for the last 200 years and denied democracy with Democrats in control of the House, the Senate, and the White House, Bowser said in January that the momentum to move towards statehood is a promising sign that our country is ready to uh, to right this historic wrong. D.C. statehood al- already passed uh, the House last June, but it died in GOP-led Senate. House leadership is committed to bringing up statehood for a vote again this year, and 214 Democrats have co-sponsored the legislation, or just about all the Democratic caucus, which sits at 220 <laughs> members currently. Uh, with the Senate now in Democratic hands, uh, Sen- Senator Tom Tom Carper from Delaware, excuse me, is leading the effort uh, there for statehood. So far, the state, his statehood legislation has 50, 40 of the 50 Democratic senators signed on as co-sponsors. However, however, without changing the legislative filibuster, Carper would have to would need to su- the support of at least 10 Republicans to meet the 60-vote threshold to advance. An uphill climb in a divided Senate. Uh, still a Carper spokesperson, said the senator is encouraged by the progress that is being uh, made in the House and growing support for his, co- for his companion legislation in the Senate. The senator, this is a quote, the senator believes granting D.C. statehood is a matter of fairness and uh, equity and uh, remains determined to make D.C. statehood a reality this Congress, Carper spokesperson told Fox News on Tuesday. Uh, D.C. has a population more than 700,000 residents, greater than Wyoming and Vermont, but the residents don't have members, uh, voting members in Congress over full control over local affairs. However, the District of Columbia pays more in federal taxes than 21 states and more per capita than any state, according to the 2019 IRS data book. Under the plan, 51st state would be called the Washington-Douglas Commonwealth. Name for Frederick Douglass. Uh, D.C. would have full control over the local affairs and full representation in Congress, which would amount to two senators and one representative, all Democrats, I imagine, based upon the current population. Uh, the area around the White House Capitol Supreme Court National Mall would be carved out into a federal district controlled by Congress and named the Capitol. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Republicans have been firmly against D.C. statehood, calling a Democratic power grab designed to tip the balance in the Senate for the favor of Democrats by adding two se- senators from a liberal stronghold. Duh. During the hearing Monday, Republican House uh, members will have, have one, one witness, Zach Smith of the Heritage Foundation. Holy cow. Uh, GOP members intend to say H.R. 51 is unconstitutional and raise concerns about Democrats' failure to consider the practical and financial implications of D.C. statehood, D.C.'s radical policies and progressives, uh, political, progressives, pr- progressive political motives behind D.C. statehood, uh, according to the Republican Oversight Committee 8. Quote, D.C. statehood is all about Speaker Pelosi and liberal Democrats consolidating their power to enact radical policies nationwide, just like the Green New Deal, backing the Supreme Court and eliminating the filibuster, said uh, Representative James Comer from Kentucky, the top Republican on the Oversight Committee. Comer said the H.R. 51 is, quote, a dangerous political power grab that will ensure more government intrusion in Americans' daily lives. The push for statehood comes after the House Democrats passed pass H.R. 1, a massive restructuring of election and campaign finance laws that Republicans also panned as a power grab. That legislation now sits in the Senate, where it also requires 60 votes to advance. H.R. 1 would set federal guidelines for elections such as automatic voter registration, restoring voter rights to felons after they have completed their sentences, and expanding early voting access and absentee voting. The legislation also allows voting without identification card if a voter signs a written statement attesting to their identity under the penalty of perjury. But they don't take those people to court anyway. They don't take those people to court anyway. (laughs) Oh, God. This is clearly a power grab. This is something the Democrats, now that they've taken power, now that they think that America is behind them because everyone hated Donald Trump so much and that Republican, and they think everyone believes that Republicans are the evilest. They think they're going to go and push through all this crazy liberal nonsense that they've wanted for eons. Because they want the power. They want the power. They want the power. That's it. That's what the the purpose of the district. The district was created to be an impartial place. That's the point. But the Democrats invaded it. And it, in all fairness, you know, D.C. is a city. And cities are not turned liberal. That's all there is to it. All there is to it. Move out in the country. Anyway, two more stories here, and we'll call it a night. Uh, Columbia University hosting six separate graduation ceremonies based upon income level, race, and ethnicities. Columbia University is planning to hold six additional graduation ceremonies for students according to their race and other aspects on, of how they identify. The New York City School's website goes, uh, details graduation ceremonies for Native, Asian, Latinx. I want to rant a little bit about Latinx. That is such bullshit. Alright? That is something some white liberal person did to wor- the word Latino and Latina. Okay? They just, can't, they just can't deal with the fact that some languages have masculine and feminine words. They can't even deal. They, th- they look at words and see sexism. Anyway. Let's start over here in this paragraph. The New York City school website details graduation ceremonies for Native Asian, Latinx, uh, and Black students taking place for Columbia College, Columbia Engineering, General Studies, and Bernard College at the end of April. Another dubbed the FLI graduation is for first generation and or low income community. Can you believe this? Anyway, the school also hosts a lavender graduation for the LGBT. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just call it one graduation and call it lavender? Anyone get, I think everyone could get down with that. Lavender. Lavender. It's a good word. You can't have all the good words, guys. All right. Due to coronavirus restrictions, the ceremonies will take place online. It's unclear. <laughs> this is so silly. It's unclear when the separate ceremonies were announced, but Sunday was the deadline for nominating individuals in Columbia College, Columbia Engineering, and General Studies for the Multicultural Affairs of Graduation Courts. Columbia University did not immediately respond to Fox News requests for comment. The university on Tuesday issued a statement on Twitter regarding the graduation ceremony saying the event uh, that the events, quote, exist in addition to, not instead of, university-wide commencement of, and individual cl- uh, school class days and are voluntary and are open to every student. Uh, quote, these events are important, intimate, and welcoming spaces for students aligned with the, these groups and come together and celebrate their achievements if they wish. The university wrote a tweet. Uh, they are organized in tandem with students and student groups. That's Quit asking them. Anyway. They're idiots. They're college students. Anyway. Uh, Columbia's wa- uh, university-wide commencement ceremony will be held on April 30th. Last month, Young America, America's Foundation flagged a whites-only caucus event scheduled to take place at Elon University. It was intended to, quote, give white people a space to learn uh, about and process their awareness of and complicity in unjust systems without harming their friends of color, according to an email distributed by the university. The university said the event was organized by a group of students and eventually did not take place because it would have been, quote, at odds with the university policies. Okay, okay. That's, that's kind of the point, I think. I think that's the point that the, the Young Americans Foundation, Young, Young Americas Foundation, was trying to make, is that you're not going to allow white people to get together. But you'll have, like, Asian and Native and uh, these special ceremonies, people, you know, voluntarily self-segregating? What is wrong with you? That's, just, that's not American at all. All right? If your first identity is the color of your skin, is like I, you can go ahead and get right the hell out of my country. All right? Because we should be united around this, the greatness of this nation, that all of us can go to college and get an education. You know what's great? Is that, you know, there are Asian and Native American students. There's, there's gay people there. There's LGBTQ. There's all those types of people there getting an education. And you should all have one ceremony. It should be in, in proximity to each other. Jeez Louise. Because we all have to live with each other. Even when you walk off that campus. On that campus and off it. We all got to live with each other. For God's sakes, get used to it. Get used to seeing people that don't look like you. I don't get. Uh, Tim Poole. Anyway. <laughs> uh, last story here. UPS driver. Let's, let's, bring, let's bring it back up for the end here. UPS driver brought to tears after town uh, throws him a thank you party for his efforts during the pandemic. A Pennsylvania UPS driver was brought to tears after his town, his town threw him a surprise party to thank him for his efforts during the pandemic. The idea spawned uh, from a PayPal account dubbed a gift for Chad Dauphin, uh, Chad Dauphin, UPS man, <laughs> which was started by two of his customers, Adam and Jenny Sh- Shickley. Adam Shickley told Fox News uh, earlier this month, Jenny Shickley was just uh, just planned to set up the a- account to raise money to buy Chad Turns a thank you gift for a service throughout the Dau- Dauphin community. I thought his name was Chad Dauphin. It's Chad Turns anyway. Uh, Quote, the, the truth is, I was going to set it up to try to get $200 through PayPal, and she mistyped it and put it in 500 I don't know, 5 is pretty far away from $2. Unless you're talking about a keypad. Anyway, probably on the keypad. All right, uh, so Adam Shickley said, and she was like, oh, I'm going to leave it. Whatever we get, we get. And within a 24-hour span, however, the account had already hit $500 from donors all over town. With each donation came tons of heartfelt messages about the things uh, Turns has done for the community over his 10 years as a UPS driver. This includes, but isn't limited to, handing out dog biscuits to each dog on his route. Well, that's just a simple safety issue, isn't it? <laughs> you don't you want uh, Let's be honest. You know, he he does that so that the dog the dog sees him and thinks treat, not attack. You know. <laughs> All right, so he hands out dog biscuits on his route, uh, making sure that uh, any valuable packages are properly signed for, even if it meant driving to multiple addresses, uh, just to simply taking the time to getting to know his customers, Adam Shickley said. Quote, he probably knows who everybody in our small town is uh, more than anyone else, he said. He just kind of make, makes everybody, you know, even in the rush of a moment, moment of being a delivery driver, feel special and kind of taken care of. Adam Shickley said Turns would work anywhere from 60 to 70 hours a week during the pandemic, and still he delivered every package with a smile. Was he wearing a mask? How did you know he was smiling? Anyway, he had a joker mask. Anyway, even though he's very rushed, Turns is always willing to take a second or two to see who you are. Who is that over there? Who's that lurking over there? Is that Merv Griffin? After seeing how many lives Turns had touched, the Shickleys decided to throw him a safe and socially distant surprise party with all the people who contributed to the PayPal fundraiser. On March 2nd, Turns was out making was making what he thought was a scheduled delivery at the town's local government office. Instead, he came to find up to 60 of his customers all eager to thank him. The Shickleys had taken in over $1,000 in funds and purchased various gifts and gift cards for Turns. However, the community came with even more gifts and personal thank you notes in hand. To show turns how much he means to the community, Jenny Shickley printed out all of the heartfelt comments from their PayPal account and plastered them on a giant card for him. That's awesome. (laughs) Quote, we are just trying to recognize someone's kindness, Adam Shickley said. The moment only lasted 10 minutes, but it's a moment Adam Shickley said the community and turns will always remember. He actually took his handkerchief and got choked up and was moved by it, he said. And you know what? That's great. You know, kindness you know, begets kindness, and that, it's the same thing with, you know, rage, you have to sit here and be mad at Tim Pool all day, and be like, Tim Pool, and that just, you know, that, that stirs more rage in me, and possibly even in you, <laughs> and, you know, it's a shame that these people who do these kinds of jobs, uh, especially in this day and age, as more and more of us, you know, are getting our products through, through ship- shipping methods, like UPS, FedEx, and so forth, you know, and so the, their workload has increased over since the birth of the Internet. And so therefore, you know, it, it's 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 a shame that this pandemic had to happen for somebody to just like take take some time and appreciation for the common people who do common everyday jobs that you probably wouldn't look at twice. You know, I'm sure you I'm sure you've been riding down the road of some UPS driver waves at you wave wave back at the very least. You know what I mean? Because I, I think that that's I don't know. I, I think that's kind of important when you're in a service industry. It really is. And you have to kind of have the temperament to be in a service industry. Obviously, I don't. So I don't work in a service industry anymore. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, that's, that's the kind of story. I wish that the news was chock full of stories like that. Unfortunately, it's like just like my news program. It's all it's mostly negativity. But you know what? I, I can deal with negativity. You know, I've been dealing with it all my life. You know, because it's all in my head. It's, it's all keeps coming out of my mouth too, and so I mean, I can I I can deal with a lot of negativity and still come out okay. All right, but I wish every news story could be like that one because it leaves us all on a happy you note. Know, it's why I like to end on a story like that. And we have come to the end of the show. I want to remind you again to go over to Patreon.com/ShockMonkeyRadio, become a patron. I would appreciate it. You can also advertise there if you like. Uh, you could just there's a little uh, advertiser option. And you can pick on that. It's real cheap—sixty bucks a month, three bucks a month to be a patron. Go on over there, Patreon.com/slash/ShockMonkeyRadio. I would appreciate it. And if you'd rather just send me a cash tip, send it to #ShockMonkeyRadio. And uh, yeah, and I guess we'll talk to you next week. This has been—I'm the Madman. This has been Shock Monkey Radio, and I love you.